Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Hashtag Single, you guys. I am your host, Jeanette. Welcome to 2021. Woo! Doesn't it feel so much more different than 2020? Mm. <laughs> um, actually, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm really, I truly am extremely hopeful for a new, safer, better year, hopefully with some good dates. <laughs> Um, I hope that you all are hanging in there and you have some renewed hope for the year as well. I'm really excited to bring you some brand new content and introduce you to another badass lady that I just recently met. Um, This guest expert episode is going to feature a phenomenal writer named Akamia Deadweiler. She is an accomplished writer and author who has appeared on the local Nevada Fox talk show more and has also been featured new york post mind body green blog blavity blog slam thrive global and desert companion magazine among other publications she has held top writer status in both love and feminism for medium is a top 100 contributor on yahoo with more than 1 million page views and her critically acclaimed book single that Dispelling the Top 10 Myths of the Single Woman was published in September and is already among the top 10 in Seeking a Mate on Amazon. Uh, Akamia is, an, is also an event speaker for At Risk Youth in Nevada, where she currently resides. Akamia, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Oh, no, thank you for having me. I mean, hashtag single sounds like right? it's made for me. So. I, it's really funny. Like when I read your book, I was like, hold on. This, how, like this woman and I have the same brain. This is amazing. <laughs> All right. So I'm happy to be here. Um, anything that you want to like add? I stole that bio from the Internet, various sources. Anything you want to add in there that I didn't mention? Um, no, I think that was pretty thorough. You touched on just about every notable thing I feel I've done to this point. So, <laughs> so that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to miss anything. You're like, well, I also got a Nobel Prize. Right. Don't worry about this it. Is. I did this too. No, no, that was great. <laughs> um, so you've been freelancing as a professional writer for a long time. How and why did you start focusing specifically on dating and feminism? Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, that topic kind of found me like I never set out to write about that. I started as a sports writer because I played basketball in college. And in my mind, I was going to the WNBA, so I didn't need a major in college and I didn't need to worry about, you know, education per se, because I was going to play professional basketball for a living. Obviously. (laughs) Right. And then when that didn't happen for me and I had to come back down to reality, I had to kind of figure out what else I love and what else I enjoy doing that I also feel, you know, that I'm good at, you know, or skilled at. 
And so writing came up because it's always been something that came kind of easy to me and that I enjoyed. And I always received um, positive feedback from just professors and other and publications that I wrote for and things like that on my writing ability. So I decided to delve more into writing to fill that boy left by not being able to play basketball. And so I started as a sports writer. Um, I was writing for Yahoo Sports covering the Chicago Bulls. I've written, oh my God. Yeah, that was awesome. That was my most favorite thing I've ever done. <laughs> um, aside from writing my book. And I also wrote for some smaller publications still covering sports, but I started as a sports writer. And then as I progressed through my writing journey, I started writing about other things, just like covering local events and things like that. And then I got to this point where as I got older, I'm sure they had a lot to do with it. As I got older and got more dating experience, I started to, you know, formulate opinions on them, you know, um, informed opinions based on data, my own and um, observing others. And then especially with the rise of social media and now we get to see what everyone thinks, <laughs> it really started to feed into that because, you know, it's one thing if you think a certain way but just when you put it out there and you say it for everyone to see it's and sometimes I hate that part of it like I kind of wish we could go back to the days where I didn't have to know what everyone was thinking <laughs> because you know a lot of it is disturbing <laughs> but, but so I started to see I started to always see just kind of negative connotations about women and relationships and dating especially women who were single and so I started um, just writing about my own takeaways from dating and like I said my informed opinions and then it evolved to hey I don't like all this negative stuff that's said about single women you know I'm gonna start talking about that and then it came to the book where I was like okay I hear similar misconceptions most often and I just feel like like I said I feel like it's unfair and it's uninformed and it really stems back to the whole idea of who a woman is supposed to be and you know a woman who is single or a woman who's not a wife and a mother is still I believe somehow subconsciously deemed less than as though you're not fulfilling your womanly duty and so seeing that and all these observations and you know deciding thinking about how I felt about it is what led me to writing single that so it's it's been an interesting journey to this point but that's kind of how I got here yeah, but I think the key thing to point out here is that you're at all points along that journey, you were just following your passion, mm -hmm. you know, like <clears throat> never occurred to you to like have this idea to change the mm -hmm. world. I mean, that's how I started this podcast. I was just like, I have something to say. Right, <laughs> right. I'm just like getting it. pissed right. off and I, I have something to say and I need to say it and I'm passionate <laughs> about it and you are too. Mm -hmm. But like, that's what makes, um, that what, that's what makes the strongest and m most interesting women, mm -hmm. I think, are, we're willing to put our opinion out there mm -hmm. against the stream or against the societal norm. Mm -hmm. To stand up and say, like, uh, I don't, this isn't feeling good. This is not, I don't agree with any of this. Yeah, you have to be willing to put yourself out there and accept, you know, the praise and the criticism just the same because you're going to receive criticism. Doesn't matter how great you are, how valid your point is, how well articulated. Someone's just not going to like it because they don't like your position. You know, and the same thing happens with me. Um, I can use like my Amazon reviews as a prime example. I can always tell who actually read the oh. book and who didn't. 
just from the reviews because if your review is specifically talking about like me personally and you don't know me I feel like that's a dead giveaway or if you say things that are completely contrary to what I put in the book like someone started off with I know who hurt you and da 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 you know it was just yeah it was very random and weird and I was like okay this person I didn't read the book clearly and I think sometimes people read the book with their mind already made oh, up sure. about what it's going to be you know and how they're going to feel about it so it's just like you know this is what it is but you know why also why the the most of the reviews are overwhelmingly positive but so but the reason why the few that aren't don't really bother me is because of that reason because you didn't really read the book and also even those that may have something negative to say they always say she's a great writer but like literally that's all I care about you <laughs> <just> <laughs> <end the> sentence. <laughs> right right if you can respect my craft and you feel like you know I'm a great writer that's really all I care about exactly. you don't have to agree with me you know you know you don't have to agree with me I understand that you aren't but you can't say that I haven't that my skill isn't developed and that I haven't I don't excel at what I've worked to become good at <laughs> you're right and that is that is the value and just as yeah. a side note like Amazon is a black hole of opinion <laughs> I would amaze. I would. I'm amazed you read them. I would never read them. You know, now that I'm sitting here, <laughs> right? But now that I'm sitting here talking about them, I haven't read them in a while, and it's it's part of that is for. It, part of that is the reason why is because I think you know if you get too caught up in other people's opinions of you, it kind of it takes away from who you are. You start to kind of cater to that audience one way or another. Either you kind of shrink because you can't handle the criticism, or you start to cater to that audience that praises you which I don't think either is very good so I don't read them often I haven't read them in a while but that was one that stuck out that I do remember that was up there a few months ago you know it's it's um what do they call them uh like laptop warriors or yeah. something like that <laughs> keyboard warriors it's something like that it's like the people that like hide behind their screen and they're like yeah. cheesy and just go off yeah just go off type and type and type and just saying anything <laughs> they're angry yeah <laughs> Your book is like, honest to God, it's like a single manifest or a hashtag single manifesto. Like, honestly, I want to just read the chapter titles out loud to everyone um, so they understand what I'm doing. But also that will explain the title of the book a little mm -hmm. bit more. Um, it's sort of single that and then there's like an ellipse after that. Mm -hmm. So single, period. That does not mean desperate. That does not mean lonely. That does not mean jealous. That does not mean sexually frustrated. That does not mean unrealistic. That does not mean high maintenance. That does not mean bitter. That does not mean crazy. That does not mean hard to love. And that does not mean broken. I think I speak for everyone who's been on the podcast um, as a guest and certainly for myself that we've all been labeled or accused of being one or all of these things one time or another. Um, I was just curious out of all of those which one resonates with you the most? Which one's most personal to um, you? I would say it's probably a tie between that does not mean lonely and that does not mean broken. And that does not mean lonely is kind of is a personal favorite of mine just because or that resonates most with, most with me because I think that assumption is what leads to most of the other assumptions. 
because you assume assume a single woman is lonely now you assume she's desperate and you assume you know you assume she's crazy or you assume she's bitter because you're have you're having to justify you're having to reconcile the idea that she's lonely with something and if you see her as lonely then you're going to see all of these attached negative connotations that you associate with the idea of loneliness so I think that one is very important just because it spurns some of the others. And then that does not mean broken is, I think, really important and a, a favor because I think that's ultimately what happens, you know, with a lot of women. If you start to believe, you know, these things that are said and these negative connotations and say you do want a, a romantic relationship and it's just not happening for you, it's easy to slip into that mindset of, well, what's wrong with me? You know, why doesn't anybody want me? You know, so I really took pride in dispelling that one because I just don't like the idea of us basing our self perception solely on the idea of being single. You know, now we all have space to grow and things to work on, but I don't think our perception of ourselves should be should be based solely on a relationship status because there are so many other factors that come into play in the makeup of who you are. So many reasons why you may be single that have nothing to do with some fatal flaw. So I really um, took pride in dispelling that does not mean broken. I love that you say that, and I um, obviously 100% agree. Um, one of the missions of Hashtag Single is to destigmatize the state of being mm -hmm. single as a negative yes. place. Um, not just sort of like uh, something like something that we need to fix. Mm -hmm. It's an interim position of like, well, I'm single now, but I'm. I, I, it's not mm -hmm. forever. It's also, but also what you're saying. It doesn't. It doesn't tell you literally yeah, anything about me. Yeah, exactly. And we just we just put, put too much weight on it, too much stock into it. And you think, oh, just because you're single, there's something wrong, you know. But you make a good point about just not if you know just this idea that you know single and there's something wrong and there's this negative stigma because there is but also i think that's part of the problem you know even if you are just single for the interim and you want a relationship you do it i think it is important to not not over compensate and think like single is who you are but then also if there is someone who wants to be single and they're fine with that and they're enjoying their life you know i think that's fine too but it's it's like the other it's like the outside people can't understand that one like what do you mean you're happy single and you want to be single <laughs> you know <laughs> how dare you how dare you be you happy know? with that we're all miserable exactly. exactly you can't just be single you're either miserable or lonely or bitter you know and that goes back to the myths of what i'm you know what i'm saying but it's, it's totally possible but it's like outside people can't understand that and that's my whole thing I'm not necessarily advocating for any woman to be single I'm not saying be single you know sometimes you do need to be single you know it, it helps you heal helps you grow helps you learn about yourself but I'm not advocating for either side I'm more so just saying your relationship status doesn't define you and whatever you choose that to be or whatever it happens to be at this moment it doesn't it has very little bearing on your worth as a person absolutely and actually sometimes i feel like especially with the podcast i'm all often in the camp of like leaning into the state of being single because it's mm -hmm. sort of just like i'm happy this way so mm -hmm. that therefore um 
I single is okay. So I mean, the whole yeah. the whole yeah. hashtag came about was like almost like a button or a punchline to a joke. Like I would post these bad <laughs> dating stories on Facebook, and then I would finish it with hashtag single as like an explanation. <laughs> Be like, this is fucking why, you know, like, right. because this I'm dealing why. with this bullshit, you know. And I would right. rather be my awesome, single, mm-hmm. happy, independent, badass self who is single mm-hmm. than be in some, as you often say in the book, like um, with someone less than or who is not of my value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's a perfect example. Sometimes you choose to be single because the, the, the alternatives aren't desirable you know so if you go on dates and it and you're not meeting people that you you're interested in building a life with or that you feel is are good for you or that there's a healthy relationship or you, you're just not interested in you know or like you said just dealing with a bunch of bullshit and and weird stuff happening sometimes you choose to be single because it's it's the most viable alternative for you and you're <laughs> happiest in that state you know and that's and that's okay it is it's a hundred percent okay i love that you mm-hmm. include loneliness in the book because I actually think it's the number one thing that single people complain about um, myself mm-hmm. included when we gripe about being single you mm-hmm. know it's not like um, I want to have kids and I don't have the option or marriage or partnership any of that but I hear time and time again that people are lonely and I think mm-hmm. this time in quarantine has really scared some people out of their complacency mm-hmm. and started um, they've started taking dating more seriously mm-hmm. I was just I know in the book you talk a lot about um, traveling solo but mm-hmm. I was wondering if you had any more solutions that you can offer people especially during quarantine when we can't travel mm-hmm. for when the lonelies hit yeah I would definitely agree like the pandemic and the, the seclusion and things being closed down I think have heightened a sense of loneliness for people who may be single because it's one thing if you know you're choosing it but you can always go out and hang out with friends or go to a concert or or go on a date if you get lonely or you get you know bored but to not have those options and just be especially when we're doing the whole in-home self-isolation thing you are literally just like there by yourself all the time (laughs) you know and you can get a little maybe um you can get a little a little bit of longing for partnership when you see other people you know posting their seclusion their self-isolation videos and they're playing board games with their families yeah. and they're having romantic date nights in the backyard you know <laughs> and your self-isolation is totally different <laughs> from that <laughs> Yep, just be on the couch with a bottle of wine. It's not, it's not a problem. There's nothing right, wrong with that. Right, so, right, right. So I think it has heightened the sense of loneliness. But the major point that I try to get across with that chapter is that loneliness is a natural human condition. You know, I think we like to, it's projected onto single women that, you know, you're more profoundly lonely or broken than the average person. But we all get lonely. Like, I know married couples who sleep next to someone every night and they feel lonely or you can live in the house with someone and still feel lonely so it's not just specific to single women but I definitely think it can be heightened especially now aside from traveling alone it's tough because 
I always, one of the remedies that I suggest for single women who may be feeling lonely is to get out and do things. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, oh, it's to irony. get out of the house. <laughs> right, right. It's to get out of the house. It's to take a trip. It's to, you know, drive somewhere. It's to, it's to go to a concert by yourself. It's to go see a movie. It's to, you know, get out in the world. But, and we can't really do that now. So it's, it's really tough. I just suggest focusing on things that bring you joy. Um, you can still you can still get in the car and just take a drive and listen to music, you know, and just get out of the house. You can video chat with friends and family, or you can focus on things that, like I said, bring you joy and a sense of fulfillment, whatever that may be. If you have a business idea, of course, you know, now is a great time to work on it. If you enjoy writing, you know, try writing more. If you just want to lay on the couch and watch romantic comedies all night you know feel free to do that too I think it's important to just listen to yourself and don't feel like you have to be doing one thing or the other and just do whatever is most fulfilling for you right now yeah I, lo I love that I love the idea of like I mean really is is cutting down all the bullshit and asking yourself getting real real with it mm -hmm. what is it what is it really that makes me happy mm -hmm. even just a simple thing maybe mm -hmm. just like Maybe I'll just go get some ice cream. Like it's really, right, it's really exactly. silly, but like just finding exactly. things that where you can provide yourself joy and happiness so that you're not leaning on getting that need fulfilled by other people, I think is like mm -hmm. one of the biggest aspirations and places of growth that mm -hmm. we as human beings, partnered or single or otherwise, can really aspire to. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we can things are starting to open now so we can get out in the world a little bit, maybe not like we used to. And I don't know that you want to do that right now because it, we, it's still there is no data to support that Truly. everything is back to normal. Right, right. <laughs> so you still want to be safe and cautious, but you can still do things like maybe treat yourself to a, a, a little staycation or go and just stay in a hotel, take a little road trip, stay in a hotel or something like that. And social distance and however the safest way you can do it just to treat yourself and get out of the house because like you said I mean the key is finding things that bring innate value to your life and finding things that make you happy finding things within that you can do alone that bring you some sense of happiness so that you aren't so that even when you do if you find a partner and get into a relationship like you said you're not leaning on that person to supply your happiness yeah I, I mean I certainly I I'd never want to give that power away of like needing, yes. needing someone to be that thing for me. Mm-hmm, exactly. I think the myth that resonated with me the most was um, unrealistic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have been told, you know, very often my standards are too high. I've been told mm -hmm. I'm too picky. I'm to I've been told I'm just quote unquote fun and therefore guys mm -hmm. don't find me um, marryable. <laughs> I'm wow. like I'm like the fun date, but not someone that someone would like pick to bring Yikes. home to their parents. I know, right? I was like, well, that's mean. <laughs> they're all mean. They're all really mean. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're all mean. But I love. I just want to read this quote, if you would um, allow me to, because sure. it just really resonated with me, and I think it's so beautiful. For a single woman, standards are suddenly viewed as deterrence. This is why we're single, of course. The reason is that we won't just accept whoever is willing to offer commitment. How dare we actually have an idea of what we want from a relationship, how we wish to be treated and stick to that. When we have someone who considers himself a perfectly fine mate, and he very well may be, right in front of us, not being interested is mind boggling. 
The repetitive theme of unwarranted assumptions is the problem here. It's the belief that a single woman should lower herself to the level on which others have placed her in order to snag a man. The disgrace is in trying to convince her that she is too much when the reality is that the other party for her is not enough. Mm. Wow. That, you're it's like, so oh, that's so good. You wrote it. It's right, it, right. Like, oh, I that forgot was good. that I wrote it for him, and I was like, wow, that's good. It's, <laughs> it's so good because, well, like I said, that really resonated with me personally. Mm-hmm. You probably can tell, but I'm an extrovert, and I'm, um, I've been told I'm loud. I, like I said, I've been told I'm fun. I've been found like I'm silly and all these things that um, were not necessarily told were bad, mm-hmm. but... You know, the subtext is like, in, in addition to telling me like that I'm single because I'm looking for something specific, I keep saying this to my friend Jessica, like I want something miraculous. I want spectacular mm-hmm. and I deserve mm-hmm. spectacular mm-hmm. and I'm willing to wait for spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather be single my whole life than be with something that is not freaking phenomenal you know what I mean yes yes I know exactly what you mean and I think that's a big part of it I feel the same way like I'd rather be single for forever and content you know than settle for a relationship than than that that's less than what I deserve or desire you know so and that's part of the whole thing like for people to think like you're being single is such an issue that you need to change is ridiculous like you know so now it's like oh were you too you're too loud and you need to do this and you need to do that and people don't see you people see you as the friend or however you positioned it people see you as this or that like it's it feeds into exactly what i'm saying is like solely because you're single now people are trying to find these aspects of your personality that are reasons or that are perceived flaws for you being single like solely because you're single now there's all these flaws or these deterrents about your personality and that's what I hate about this whole thing and the reason that I wrote the book because that's the whole thing if you have to change and be someone else to not be single like that's an inauthentic relationship you want to find someone who loves you for you and loves everything about you and then I think that's the truest connection when you're exactly who you are and you match and you form a bond with this other person being who you are if you have to dumb yourself down or water down your personality to find a mate like I'm not I'm not willing to do that like I said I know that we all have areas to work on whether you're single or in a relationship we all have room to grow but you don't you shouldn't have to completely overhaul your personality and be something that you're not just to get a mate and if you do that like I said I just feel it's an inauthentic connection because you're not being true to yourself so you're not going to find someone who loves your true self exactly and also just I mean inherent to that is like the double standard that you talk about and this is where the feminism comes in is like mm-hmm. why aren't women allowed to have really freaking high yes. standards like we should have the highest standards mm-hmm. like we are goddess Diana like no you should mm-hmm. get on your knees before me like work for me <laughs> right <laughs> I am right. the asset here like like why can't women say like no I need more like why mm-hmm. is that seen as like um as I don't want to say it's like threatening, but questionable Mm -hmm. at the very least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's seen as a negative. You know, you want too much. And no, I feel like there's no such thing as wanting too much. There is no such thing as having standards that are too high 
or that are unreal unrealistic especially if you embody those things like there's something else i say in the book like if you embody those characteristics that you seek then you know it exists because you exist so it's not unrealistic but i feel like telling a woman that her standards are too high is the biggest slap in the face because who are you to say that someone's standards are too high and what makes a woman worthy of a certain level of standards you know the whole yeah the whole idea is just flawed and it's ridiculous and it's offensive and also, I just think like we're I mean, like think of all of the the privileges that we've achieved from women sacrificing before us, you know, like mm-hmm. we should want the future generation of women mm-hmm. to say, I you know, you you have got no place where you have these freedoms, like mm-hmm. set your standards high, want more for yourself. Right, right. <laughs> you can say right. that, like, so do it. Right. <laughs> you don't have to right, be attached it... <laughs> to your husband's like personal checking account uh-huh. anymore. You know what I mean? Like right. live your own damn life and mm-hmm. set your own standards. Like we should want that for our friends, for our girlfriends, for our, mm-hmm. our daughters and nieces. We should want them to have mm-hmm. exceptionally high standards. Yes, 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 because it does play back into the whole idea of just what what you were saying just the whole feminism and it was it's it's been this idea before that really a man all he has to do is show up you know and (laughs) you know and you should be happy that this man chose you (laughs) you know because you're you're just a woman and this man wants you and you know and that's why I reiterate throughout the book as well that being found attractive or sexually desirable to me isn't a compliment like that's biology so to think, yeah yeah so to think and not to say that i don't appreciate compliments we all do but i'm i should say i'm not impressed by it it carries no weight with me because it's biology you know and so for anybody to think like if this man wants you that's something to be like proud of or some kind of privilege it's just very odd to me but it goes back into it goes back into our archaic views about men and women and and just the differences like you said you should want little girls to set their standards as high as possible you like you can't just show up and be a man and think that's all you have to do yeah that also makes me think of like like street culture like you know, when you walk around, this, and this happened to me literally two days ago, um, and this guy was just like, beautiful, you know, and he passed by me twice and said the same word, beautiful, mm. like that. And I'm like, <laughs> it's f- phenomenal to me that, is he thinking that that's going to elicit a response? Because, but when you said that in your book, that really like hit home for me. I'm like, all you're doing is acknowledging some physical aspect of me, super unimpressing to me. If you mm-hmm. had said, Hey girl, I like your brain. I would have turned around. <laughs> right. Can you imagine? Can you what? imagine if someone said that to you on the street? I would be like, "Let's go right now." Right. Like, wow, really? What? <laughs> hey girl, I like your brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's why I said, like, I get it. Like, compliments are a form of flattery if, when they're done respectfully. So I don't, I don't have anything against compliments. Like, like I said, we all enjoy being told, you know, that we look nice or we have our own, a nice outfit. Sure. Yeah. Cute haircut you know we all enjoy that but it's just the weight given to it and I think that's what leads to the to the point where it becomes disrespectful because you know you view a woman as an object and you think all you see is what she is on the outside and you think you're somehow entitled to that and that she should be appreciative of your advances you know when she's not you get upset you know so it starts that whole cycle of events where it becomes where it becomes unhealthy 
because you expect a woman to respond a certain way to your physical compliments. And when she, yeah, and when she doesn't, it's an issue or she's a bitch, you know, or she's cold, you know, when, when, like I said, just physical compliments yet while they're appreciated, like they literally have nothing to do with who I am or as a person, I didn't work to be this way, <laughs> you know, right. You know, you it's like, like out of your control. Right. Yes. All right. It's out of my control. Now you may work out or something to maintain a certain body, but as far as, you know, your genetic, your genetic makeup and how you look and things like that, like it takes little, it takes no work, you know, the gene side of it. And then the way that you dress takes little work so it's like you're complimenting all of you're focusing on all of these things that have nothing to do with my intellect or things that I actually have worked for and that's when it becomes demeaning yeah or what literally defines your personality yes yes exactly I mean I'm I'm the opposite I'm an introvert so I don't get the I don't get the negative things that you may get as far as like you're too loud and they see you just as a date or someone to have fun with but I have gotten the thing about the standards being too high and like I said in this I just find it offensive because like we were saying what gives a woman a right who sets the level of standards that we're allowed to have <laughs> are they too high just because i'm single is that the only reason you're saying they're too high like you know i need to lower my st- yeah the fact that you have standards <laughs> is too much <laughs> right 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 and who are you to tell a woman that you know oh you need to lower you? like that just sounds it like i said is the biggest slap in the face to me to just tell a woman like oh you need to lower your standards like that just sounds it's just it's just wild it's insane. It's uh, a, yeah. I mean, I've never heard anyone say that exact phrase, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of like implication and subtext. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do feel that, you know, while I've experienced much of the behavior that you talk about in the book, like people assuming you're always looking for a partner when you're at an event mm-hmm. or being told if I, how do you so eloquently say it in the book, had a quote unquote heavy dose of dick. <laughs> I would relax a little and stop being such a bitch. Um, But I have to say, I haven't had any of those experiences in a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, my family doesn't even ask me if I'm seeing anyone anymore. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. You tell me, is that good? Are you happy that they stopped doing that? It feels to me, at least here in New York City, um, it feels to me as if, like, the tide has shifted a little bit. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. really feel judged by others about being single, Mm. but... I often feel that we single women as a whole judge ourselves. Mm-hmm. Are you experiencing that shift at all? Yeah, I would agree as well. I I think it's definitely more accepted than it used to be. And I think things like this, like your podcast and my book and calling people out on it has helped with that shift. So it's like even if people are thinking it, they're more mindful of expressing it, which I feel like is a good thing. You know, think whatever you want to think. Just don't project your insecurities onto me. That's that's the biggest thing. But I definitely think a lot of the pressure can be self-inflicted just because of we know the societal pressures and we know what our family, if they used to always ask, like, when are you going to get married or when are you going to have kids? Even if they stop, you know, you kind of have that in the back of your mind. And like you said, too, I've never I've never heard the flirt phrase flat out about, you know, your standards are too high. But like you said, it's still the insinuations. And I think we're trying to become a more evolved society. And we are on many levels. But I do think old mindsets die hard. So it's like even if people don't say this, their behavior sometimes show it or their responses to your their questions about dating, you know, how you respond to things or 
and sometimes you can gauge how they feel from that and that can contribute but I do think a lot of the pressure may is definitely self-inflicted just because of insecurities that have been projected onto us or the societal standards even though we're evolving like I said those old mindsets die hard and you don't forget and you you just you kind of know based on how people have reacted in the past or what they or what they said what society kind of expects of a woman and you're trying to buck against that and do your own thing but it can cause some self-inflicted pressure like what are other people thinking of this and okay I'm getting older I should get married you know so a lot of it is self-inflicted just based on past information that we all have well the way and the way we were socialized like i can think Mm -hmm. you know when i was a kid we would constantly i don't know if i had conversations with my friends but i was constantly thinking about what i would name my kids and Mm -hmm. like what how old i wanted to be when i got married Mm -hmm. and i'm so fascinated like who put that idea into my brain i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's the it's our society it's the patriarchy Mm -hmm. it's that expectation that women grow up to be brides Mm -hmm. um but I do feel, like I said, I, I I don't know if it's just people like in New York are a little more um, liberal or maybe because we have a huge single culture here. It's just sort of like, mm-hmm. oh, you're single too, no big deal. <laughs> right, right, and maybe a little different. I've even experienced, like, um, I work as a tour guide, and so I, I meet people from all over the country, and I know that values are different in different places. People get married at different ages in certain, um, uh, you know, quadrants of the country. That's like mm-hmm. just... There are different value systems. So people will say, they assume, um, because of my age, do you have kids? They don't say, mm-hmm. are you married? They jump to, do yes. you have kids? Yes. And if I say, I usually make a joke about it. Like, uh, no, I can't even take care of myself. Or like, <laughs> like I don't have my plants die. Like, stuff like that. Like, I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll make it easy for them to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But um, often their response, and I don't know if they're doing this, like, falsely, but I've mostly always heard, good for you. As I know, I don't know if it's like condescending or not, but no one has ever been like, well, you're going to run out of time someday. Uh You know what I mean? Like no one said that because I have found that like a lot of women are experiencing, I don't know if it's sort of like a rebirth, but you know, with divorce rate climbing and a lot of people trying to reclaim their independence away from their marriages, I think people Mm -hmm. are kind of saying like, you know, I think there's a respect around like, no, I'm, you know, I'm me and I'm, I'm going to take care of myself. Mhm. Yeah, I definitely I definitely believe we're evolving. And if I'm being honest, the majority of the time where I hear these negative stereo- stereotypes or connotations, it comes from men, you know? Shocking. So, but, <laughs> right, but of course, you know, but of course because they they're the ones that have gotten the longer end of the stick over throughout history as far as women and relationships. You know, women were there for your pleasure, and now we're kind of shifting away from that and then, you know, you don't like it. <laughs> so, but yeah, and that's a key point that I bring up too. Like when you meet a stranger as a woman, the first thing that they ask of you is usually if you're married or if you have children. It's like immediately, like that's what they see you as and that's what they see as defining attributes about you whereas to men you know one of the first questions is normally you know like well what do you do for a living what do you do isn't that so interesting i think it's Mm -hmm. just it's a mirror right so um Mm -hmm. when i meet other single women obviously they don't ask me if i'm married or have kids the women that Mm -hmm. ask me those things 
have kids. So what mm-hmm. they're trying to do simply is just find a connection. Connect, yeah. Yeah, and say, so if I say, oh my gosh, yeah, then then we can get into that, oh my God, how old is yours? And like, mm-hmm. oh, are you troubling with, mm-hmm. you know, homeschool? Like, whatever the hell conversation mm-hmm. they have, I don't know what they're talking about. Whatever they talk about. But with, with men, like, their value is often... Um, uh, associated with how much they earn and what they do for a living, mm-hmm. so that is their position, and that's their mm-hmm. that's the way they will navigate themselves um, in relation to you as well. Like, what do you do? Can we talk mm-hmm. about something in common? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I and I think that's part of the problem. Like, a man's value is rooted in what he does and how much money he earns, but a woman's value is still rooted in by and through a lot of people's eyes, it's still rooted in whether you have children or motherhood. You know, you're, yeah, you're a mother or a wife. You know, and your relational aspect of your life, not necessarily other things, which is unfortunate because, like I was saying, I mean, we're men things we work to do things and achieve things but it's like it's kind of diminished by these other aspects I give an example in the book of how I went to this like amazing conference and I learned so much and I went sightseeing it was my first time in Washington DC but then when I came back one of the first questions that a friend asked me was if I had a one-night stand you know so it was like oh my god (laughs) yeah so I was like I wanted to so I was like I wanted to talk about all this amazing stuff that I learned in the sightseeing but it was like all they cared all people were caring about was if I met somebody (laughs) so it's just very odd and interesting to me that that just seems to always be top of mind for other people when you're a single woman even though we're evolving and I agree that our socializing has a lot to do with it because same thing we all played house when we were little and you were the mother and a a boy was the there was the daddy and you know and you had kids so we all play house and then socializing I think isn't it well I know it's not even always overt it's not always someone saying you should do this you should do that it's what we see it's what we hear it's movies where there's a damsel in distress it's movies where a woman is living a horrible life like Cinderella and a man comes and saves her from it you know so I think all of those things contribute to this socializing of you know women just being there and then having men come in and save us from ourselves (laughs) do you do you think single women are threatening to people I think they are I think they're I think they're threatening to the system I think they're threatening to the idea of what we've had and like I was saying why I hear most of it from men it's threatening to their status in the world you know so now it's not just it's not good enough to just be a man and women are starting to decide against starting to decide that we're more than just here for the pleasure of men and maybe things aren't as easy for you as they used to be so I think it's definitely threatening to the status and threatening to our ideas our societal ideas and people look at that as deteriorating society mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there's these values and now we're changing them but and I, and I think that's part of the problem that oftentimes we're not allowed to be individuals and we're not allowed to be people in an innate sense because we're trying so hard to fit into these established set of values yeah the, the, the whole it just makes me laugh like the whole like well if if women <laughs> stop having babies like how are we going to populate <laughs> the planet and you're like what wait oh, no no one stopped having babies right. no one stopped no one's going to stop right? I think I think uh I mean we're talking specifically about straight relationships here but I think like men mm-hmm. 
can feel a little fearful and threatened because this is my personal opinion, everybody. It might be a little spicy for some of you. But I I believe that now men have to step up their game. Like you said, mm-hmm. maybe before you just had to show up and be like, and ask her dad out for a date. Maybe yeah. that's like really a long time ago. But like, you know what I mean? Like now, no, like uh, we, you and I talked about our own personal standards. Like it is not enough. You better, mm-hmm. you got to hit all, you got to climb all the way up to 100 mm-hmm. to, to tell me that you're worthy of what I want in my life. And maybe yeah. that's that's scary, like, that you have to work harder to win a woman over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that you're not viewed as this prize anymore. Because I think that's the biggest part of it, that men have been viewed as a prize. Um, even if you think about, like, if you look at relationship coaches and dating coaches, I just, I wrote an entire story on, on why there's so many male dating coaches who are coaching women, who are women's coaches. So it's, and one of the, yeah, and one of the coaches said that it was because he's never come across a guy that said he wanted to learn how to connect better with his wife or with his girlfriend. It's always the opposite <laughs> where a woman wants to learn how to connect better with men or with her husband. And that to me is a big problem because, <laughs> because you should want to connect with your, with your wife or your spouse or, you know, your partner. But it's this idea that for us, for a woman to snag a man and to get a man to marry us, it's an achievement, you know, and he's a prize. And that view, I think, has made it maybe a little easier because it's like, OK, I want you. I want to marry you. And it was just like, if I, I'm, I'm flattered. It's like, OK, he wants to marry me. But now it's just like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't think this is going to work. And yeah. Or what, if I, what if I don't even want to be married? Right, Do you know, right, like, there's tons like, of women that are just like, I don't want that. Right. And it's kind of like, what? You know, how dare you? So, you know, I think there's maybe some hurt egos out there. And, you know, but you, you don't like that. You don't like that if you if your ego is wounded to the point where it makes you feel insecure about yourself. So I think that's a big part of it. And though we are evolving, like I said, it's just the whole thing or old mindsets just die hard. Yeah. And change is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Of all the qualities that you list, um, loving yourself, being comfortable alone, staying positive, forgiveness, self-help, which do you think is the hardest for women in today's society to embrace? That's a good question. I think embracing spending time alone is probably the hardest because, you know, it goes back into kind of what's ingrained, been ingrained into us. We've been ingrained, you know, since the time that we were little girls to aspire to marriage. And I feel like this is I don't feel like this is specific to heterosexual relationships. And that's mostly what we've been talking about. And that's because I'm heterosexual. But it doesn't matter if even if you're not heterosexual, just partnership in general, we've been taught to aspire to that. And I understand that there is a biological aspect where humans are wired for connection. But it's this idea specifically with heterosexual relationships that we are to aspire to marriage. And we're taught that from the time that we're girls. So when we get older, I think that's the hardest part, the spending time alone. And we don't want to be viewed as lonely and we don't want to be seen as spinsters. And we start to think that you know, maybe there's something wrong with us and we don't want the, you know, just the judgment of others. So I think that may be the hardest one to get comfortable with. I think it's also about settling up the conception of yourself 
that you had when you were little? Mm -hmm. Like, did I ever think when I was younger that at 40, I'd be sitting here in my own apartment mm -hmm. by myself single? Mm -hmm. Like, this is not what I had imagined for myself. Mm -hmm. And so reconciling those two images of like, well, this is how my life ended up. This is not mm -hmm. what I had planned or expected. And um, being at peace with those two images, I think that's mm -hmm. one of the, the most uncomfortable pieces for mm -hmm. women, you know, like, yeah. like you said, we all expected to be partnered to up be different yeah. by a certain age. And mm -hmm. if you're not, what does that mean? Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. When you don't when that vision that you have for yourself and your romantic life doesn't align, you do kind of have to reconcile that later on, because I feel the same. I feel the same way. I thought that I would be married with children, you know, by now, by my 30s. And and that didn't happen for me. It hasn't happened that way for me. But I think one of the things I think what is what's important to really look at is why you set that timeline. Like, why did you have that vision for yourself? Did you really want that? Or did you feel like you were supposed to be in that place? And I think that's the biggest difference because a lot of times it is just because we felt like we were supposed to be married with children by the time we hit 40. And, you know, and so when that doesn't happen, you start to look at it. But really, why did you have that vision for yourself? Why did you set that timeline? Did you really, really want that? Or was it more so you felt like that's what was supposed to happen? That's what, right, exactly. That's what women do. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we can, I believe, you know, with your work, with my work, with what we're seeing, like, in movies and television and stuff, like, I feel like things are starting to shift. I and I... I have hope for the future generation that they're just going to be badass women mm -hmm. that have men if they want them or have partners if they want them or just live their own badass lives. Yeah, yeah, and be totally comfortable and confident while doing it, you know, because I think that's the big key. But I definitely have tons of hope. This younger generation, I feel like, is so much more evolved than those that came before. I think there's really a shift with them. So I agree. I, I hope they do grow up to, to view themselves that way as more than a relationship status, as more than someone's partner, and be confident in whatever relationship status they choose. Um, any future books in the works for you? No, not right now. That was kind of my big one that I really wanted to get out there. Yeah, it's, not even, it's not even like a year old, so let me not like make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, no, not at all, not at all, because that's the key thing with like a creative is like you're always on to the next project or thinking about the next idea, but with this one, that one has been something I really wanted to get out there, and I've done that, and so now I'm just focused on continuing to push the word and expand the awareness of it, and that, that it's my sole focus right now. I love it. And like I said, I mean, it's, I'm just claiming it as the hashtag Ziggle Manifesto. I hope you don't mind. If you guys no, are listening, I love it. you should absolutely go buy Akamia's book. Um, I found it on Amazon. I, I'm sure it's available at smaller retailers if you're anti-Amazon these days. Mm -hmm. Some people are. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's, it's just... You're a great role model for um, an, a wonderful, empowered woman who's who's doing the work to shift the double standard in society. So um, I can't thank you enough. If you guys want to learn more about Akini and her uh, work, I'm going to post some links in the description of the podcast episode. Um, and uh, we'll tag you in socials and stuff like that if you're okay with people reaching out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love questions you. Questions or something like that. Um, 
But it is, uh, it's really been my pleasure to speak with you today, especially because you're like, <laughs> I just loved like getting dirty about all this stuff that pisses me off. Like, it's so great to just talk about someone who gets it. Uh. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was so refreshing to talk to someone who gets it, you know, instead of me having to kind of try to explain and like you said, not make anyone uncomfortable. It's like, okay, you're right here on the same wavelength. So let's just get to it. <laughs> we were, we were meant to meet. The universe needed us yes. to happen. Um, guys, sure. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're not already following us, we just launched a brand new Instagram page, which I hope will become a hub for all things hashtag single and bring the single community together in a positive way. So you can find us at hashtag single pod. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure you share it with someone you love. That is it for this episode of hashtag single. You guys, we will catch you next time.